Hey, it's Phil, and welcome on the Habit Bootcamps podcast, where I interview entrepreneurs and coaches about their mindset shifts and habits. In this episode, I interview Puya Irani Taleb, who is a transformation coach and founder of the New Earth Leadership Academy. In this podcast, we talked about his struggles, his challenges, and insights, and how he achieves breakthroughs for himself and for other people. We talked about how to achieve breakthroughs in less than 21 days, how to find a dynamic balance between yin and yang, self-development and self-acceptance, how to use plant medicine and psychedelics to awaken yourself, and the power of silence and meditation. As always, drop a comment and let me know what you've learned from this week's episode and how you achieve breakthroughs and enjoy this week's podcast. Hey, Puya, welcome on the Habit Bootcamps podcast, man. How are you feeling at the moment? <sighs> feeling awesome. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Let's rock it. How would you introduce yourself to my audience if they would uh, want to know what you do and who you are? I would introduce myself as a mentor and a coach. I support entrepreneurs to create breakthroughs. I create breakthroughs for entrepreneurs in seven days. And then I followed that up with a 21 day challenge. So um, I ran into your channel because you're in love with a lot of topics that I am in building habits, changing, applying principles. And, and that's what I focus on. I'm passionate about talking to people, transforming lives and been in the self-development industry for a while, etc. And I've tried several businesses and through all those businesses, many of them did well and then crashed to the ground. Um, through all these experiences, I learned what I like and what I don't like and what I'm good at and what I'm not a lot better than I thought. And now I'm really grateful to say that I'm, I'm, I feel like the most aligned to using my gifts to serving in this narrow area of creating breakthrough. And what I mean by breakthrough is, is the capacity for someone to consistently take action on a daily basis on their highest priority in personal and in business. In other words, habits, building habits. So that's what I do right now. I create breakthroughs in seven days and follow that with a 21 day challenge to build into a habit. That's kind of a short. I read on your side also evolve and evolution and you mentioned the words transformation and breakthroughs. When we go back in time, when do you feel was the first real breakthrough challenge or mindset shift that you feel you had that determined the path that you're traveling right now? Yeah, I, I just, I know exactly when I was, living in my parents' basement. I was doing drugs. I was depressed. I was trying to find jobs. I was struggling. I torrented Anthony Robbins, right? <laughs> Basically stole Anthony Robbins material. And I started to listen to the hour of power. And I remember my cardio that was downstairs on the right hand. And I remember I got on it and I tried to do what he was saying. And I started to really experience a breakthrough right there of how I was feeling pessimistic, depressed, life is not on my side, victim. And I started to feel an empowerment. And that's how, that was my very first shift on how actually getting on, on some kind of cardio and focusing on mine and what I am grateful for and what my vision is can actually shift my physiology. How, course, how, did, how did you end up at that place you think? Like, was it, was it ignorance? Was it? Uh... Yeah, well, at that, at that depressed place, you mean? Yeah, that depressed place and yeah. taking drugs and, and not having a vision. Like, what made you end up in that place in the first place? Beautiful question. It's conditioning, social conditioning. It's to being a slave to what my parents and society told me to do rather than to do what I truly know what I should do. 
So it's all part of our journey. When we are raised in this society, we first, we don't know who we are. So we only look at our parents and people around us who seem to know have all the answers. So we follow all the rules and try to do all the right things. So I did all the right things. I went to college. I graduated mechanical engineering. I, I, I got A in many things. I got high GPA, all that stuff. I got a girlfriend, all that stuff. And I was absolutely miserable and depressed. And I hated my life. And I didn't like anything. I just had this negative attitude towards life. And when we have a negative mindset towards everything, because we've been raised in this negative perspective attitude, which is not just my family, it's humanity as a whole. We're, we're evolving. Um, as a result of those wrong mindsets and wrong perspective, I wasn't aware of all the gifts. So I was focusing on all what I don't have. So next thing you know, when I moved from Iran, because I already originally moved to Canada at age 15, I went from being someone who had a lot of friends to someone who didn't get the culture. So then I fall into this depression. And then when, you're in, when you go to high school and I, I was, didn't have any girlfriends, it sucked, I was lonely. And next thing you know, I went to a rave and I got introduced to drugs mm -hmm. and I got into that. And I'm really actually happy I got into that. I'm not here to condone uh, illegal substances, but I'm really grateful that I experienced that because it cracked me open to what it's like to be on ecstasy and living as this powerful, confident being that I am now consistently, a lot more consistent, let's just say, with my morning routines, which we talk about. So to answer your question is I, I was depressed, moved here as a result of my uh, conditioning. I got myself into party scene and then I wanted to explore. I wanted to just follow all my impulses. Like I was like, I just wanted freedom, right? Like we all love freedom. I wanted freedom. So I broke up with my girlfriend. I graduated from college. I, I had a bunch of savings. I bought a motorcycle and I was, I was doing steroids. I was like ripped jacked with this sexy motorbike, R6, 213 or something like that. No, not 213, 208. It was a while ago. <laughs> Uh, my car is 213, that's fine. Um, I had an R6 and I just, I met this guy at, at the gym. I know I'm going to tangent, but it's an interesting story. And he was like a player. He was like banging all the girls and he was like super cool, good looking guy who happens to be dead by now, but uh, God bless his soul. Long story short, I got into the party scene, picking up women, Evan Pagan, David D'Angelo, all those good things about how to meet women and how to just pick up. And that became my life. And mystery and method. Mystery method. You got it, man. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, I found my life purpose is to pick up women and bang chicks basically. And as a result of that and doing drugs, the next thing you know, I ended up waking up one day completely broke. All my friends left me when I, when I ran out of money and I just flat, flat on my ass, addicted to drugs. I didn't know what to do. I wanted to kill myself. Tried many times. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, that's almost like because it resonates for me also, you know, I also went to the party scene and then I did a lot of sports, didn't do steroids, but it almost seems like we have to peel down the layers of the onion and then start to crack down and cry that we see that we actually have an eternal change that we can work upon. Maybe in the beginning, they work on, if you would call it the second sakra, just like the sensations, the drugs, the women, the external yeah. things, you know, and that especially as men, we're searching first to change the external before realizing that nothing is going to change until internally something shifts and you start to live a meaningful life that is not based on those external superficial things yes yes um in the word of my teacher richard rudd the author of the book gene keys which i love he talks about how when we are in in our early 20s we are in a very physical well, actually i think it's michael brown in present process i apologize he talks about in in the 20s we are very physically focused beings we are always concerned about physicality right so it's about girls about money it's about sex it's about those things funny i was just journaling the other day i was like in my 15s 
I was trying to gain freedom from my parents so that I could be, I could tell them, fuck off. I don't want to go to sleep tonight. You know, like I wanted to be able to be that freedom in my twenties. I wanted to, I wanted to have as much sex as possible and look as good as possible and just have that attention on me and have sexual experiences. And then in my early thirties, I really wanted to evolve and I hit rock bottom and I wanted peace of mind. I wanted peace. So I, I got into Buddhism and meditation and studying religions and consciousness, Eckhart Tolle, presence, all those things, right? Now I'm 35 in my second phase of 35s. I'm bringing it all together. I'm bringing all these Eastern philosophy of consciousness, living presence, living in the heart and applying it in how to actually make real wealth for the highest good using my gifts. Does that make sense? So I'm bringing it all together now in my life. First time ever, I'm actually, I'm actually realizing um, and bringing it all together. And that's my intention is to really use my gifts to serve humanity and make a lot of money shamelessly. Like I'm pretty tired of being broke. A lot of spiritual people are broke because of all these money blocks. We don't want to, you know, there's a lot of some people who are abusing people and stealing money and all that. I'm done with all that. I'm hundred percent committed. I believe in a vision that I, that I have for new earth, but by 2038, evolution of humanity rooted in the frequency of appreciation and love respect for all living beings and financial and socioeconomical laws that are fair and just. And I know that can only happen if I'm empowered as a coach, as a leader to do what I'm here to do and empower others to do what they're here to do. Yeah. It's almost, I had that uh, hero's journey, let's say the twenties can also be like your warrior stage, let's say. And in the end you have so much wounds that you have to put down your sword sometimes in a village. And then you start connecting to the heart or other people or start to cultivate some more mildness, let's say, you know, and you start to yeah. become more the magician. And then you start to see life is more than just constantly proving yourself and fighting against something. You can maybe start fighting for something. And then something that you said also resonates a lot that I feel, uh, you know, you can do too much self-development, which is not good. But you can also be too spiritual and expect that everything will just come to you without taking action or committing to something or going in a direction. And I, and I think the passive and the active, the yin and the yang, the masculine, and the oh, feminine, yes. the self-acceptance and the self-development are two poles that are necessary, but both extremes yes. are not really beneficial if you can't integrate them in a meaningful way. Beautiful. I, I love what you just said. And I want to add to that thread is I, again, the Gene Keys, one of the, one of the teachers that has helped me a lot is the teaching of the Gene Keys. Um, and one of the Gene Keys is the number 14 Gene Key, who happen, who happens to be, which happens to be my profile, is the Gene Keys of Abundance, right? Mm -hmm. And funny enough, this is, comes from the book of I Ching of the Chinese. And the symbol for it is fire, but the hexagram uh, symbol is six lines. These six lines represent whatever they represent. I'm not even going into that. They're yang and yin, okay? So there are six lines total. Out of the six, five of them are yang. That means the masculine principle. That means action, principle, structure, discipline, order. Now, here's the interesting point. The fifth point of the hexagram is the most powerful point. And guess what that one is? A feminine principle. Mm -hmm. So there is a core of femininity, the heart, the presence, the consciousness, the higher purpose, all that, ground, uh, followed with five other masculine lines. So this is the breakthrough that I'm having is as you rightly say, a fight for something, not against people. And at the core of my business, I, I'm really grateful to have this intention and this um, awareness of why I'm doing what I'm doing for the higher good of all beings involved. 
And then there is a lot of structure. There's a lot of discipline, a lot of yang energy. So at the core of it, I'm grounding myself with, a, with that feminine heart-based center. That's my intention. And then following it with the yang structure, routines, discipline, commitments, decisiveness, all these other qualities that actually makes the project fly. Maybe you can also clarify some things because I know this happens a lot, some misconceptions about money, let's say. A lot of people in the spiritual community only in general think like, how can you come from the heart and still want to have, have a lot of money and make a lot of money? They, they have a lot of resistance to money, it seems. Yeah, I, I did too. It, it just, it hurt me so much because I've been so many times the same trap. So, yeah, the, the, the understanding comes as a result of going broke a few times and realizing that I have been broke and I realize how many people I can help when I'm broke. And I have also fulfilled my mission and start to help people and make money and meet my needs and dress nicer and, and bought nicer things. And I notice how much more I can help people and, and the smiles of the people's faces. So in my experience, I, I was able to see the delusion that we are, we are, we are kept. There is, there is a, I, I don't want to sound like there's a conspiracy, but there is. There is forces that are keeping us limited. There are forces that are keeping us unconscious and separated in this poverty, not enough mindset. So we've been conditioned to believe there's not enough. We've been conditioned to buy false spiritual teachers who were trying to control us. Religion has been trying to control a lot of people for many centuries, not all religion, but many of them have been controlling us by all these dogmas. And, and yeah, so, so basically all that has been keeping us limited, but as civilization, as society, we're awakening to the truth. We realize that money is basically an agreement that we all made together to exchange value to each other, right? So I exchange value too. It's an expression of love, according to my teacher, Richard, uh, Rupert Spira, who's a non-dual teacher. Um, he mentions that money is an exchange of love, right? And I interacted with these loving beings myself, and I saw what it's like to be in the presence of someone who's committed to unconditional love and has a lot of money, right? And I've also been in the presence of people who are committed to total themselves and you know, being very negative and destructive, and they're also dedicated to money. And I noticed that the money itself is neutral. It's just a matter of the person. If the person is conscious and loving human, human being from the heart, all the money will only support that cause. And if the person is a negative, selfish, immature, like I was for before, all the money will lead to destruction. And that's fine too, because once, once we hit rock bottom, we just have to come back up. I think it has a lot to do with your intention, but a part of the fear that I had, but I'm very aware of my choices and my intention is that sometimes you think uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts completely. And that some people, there are some people that when they have a lot of money, they, they change and they, 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 their personality comes about keeping the money and making more money and they lose that intention. Yeah. Why does that happen yeah. sometimes? Because sometimes you have some people who have a good intention, but then they start making yeah. money or having more power and more fans and, that whole character and intention and values change. Yeah, and you're right. That is the, the temptation is there. And, and it is a real temptation for arrogance, for greed, for selfishness, you know. And to be absolutely honest, I'm very, I'm very transparent. I have fallen on that trap many times and I'm still very much susceptible to such temptations. For example, I'll give you an example. Like uh, I just started this new launch with my coaching and it's going really well, filled with clients like full, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to get tempted to cut corners, you know, to go from, okay, well, I already received the money. I can actually, instead of giving them like seven day breakthrough, I can only give them a five day breakthrough, right? Mm -hmm. 
Now, something to be said for that because Tony Robbins gives you a 15-minute breakthrough. So that's okay, right? And I'm okay with that. But here's the point I'm trying to make is I work with agreements and commitments to myself and to my business partner because I have a business partner to keep me grounded. Um, but basically, I have decided I am going to help 10 people have a breakthrough in seven days, right? I cannot change my mind in the middle of process saying, oh, I'm just going to do that to increase my profit or whatever, you know? That's just an example of how we cut corners. And I've done it in the past businesses where I started as a personal trainer. I was this epic trainer. I built this amazing clientele. And then I went and I hired more trainers. And instead of really training them, focusing on the trainer to make sure the customer is crushing it and getting good results, I became so much focused on other areas of, which was necessary for my time because I didn't know how to market, etc. Long story short, I attention went off the customer service and focused on a lot of marketing and systems, etc. And next thing you know, my my system, my customers were were okay. The service was good. It wasn't like amazing because they all have a lot of choices. So that a business that's not amazing and awesome and holy cow, it's not a business that's going to blossom and succeed in my opinion because there's a lot of competition around. Especially if it's a if it's a coaching relationship which is based on building a relationship Absolutely. and authenticity. If it's just buying an information product, okay, that's something else. But if it's really also about the relationship and the trust, it's something. That else. is, that is true. But also, I feel like even information product, because profit in business, according to Evan Pagan, comes comes as a result of repeated customer. So yeah, we have a lot of these JVs who launches where we launch a product and it's like, hey, come buy this software and this gadget, this bullshit gadget, and you pay eight bucks and you don't even notice it. They make twenty, thirty thousand dollars but they're never rich because they go from one jump from another, they lose clients, and it's a big hassle. Then you have guys like Evan Pagan, my mentor, who I've, Evan Pagan, David D'Angelo from back in the day, yeah, right? Yeah, of course I know Evan, yeah. He has <laughs> we all know great Evan. Products, Evan. Great, great product, so it's very analytical right? and logical like, but useful, yeah. And you trust him because you've known him for so long. So if he does a product, I actually I trust his product and I've invested a lot in his, in his programs too. So I, I think it applies to everything else, but particularly you're right. It, it, the effects of it, it seem more fast in, in, in personal relationship, especially coaching business. But I believe it, it applies to all businesses. Eventually it will get you. What I also noticed with people, because uh, I have like three time massage degrees, but I'm not calling myself super spiritual, whatever, but I kind of dabbled in the spiritual community, not enough actually, is that there is value in being present and having acceptance, etc. But part of building something is sacrificing the present moment for something in the future and working on something that, you know, like this serves me, the delay of gratification, you know, like hard work. And all the spiritual teachers, they do want to make an impact, but sometimes you can't just only focus on the present moment. You also want to set up the goals, think long-term and take committed action. And that's yeah. sometimes they find it difficult to link with their spirituality, but if their intention is to serve more people, they could sometimes delay the present moment for something in the future that could have them have a bigger impact while still enjoying the present moment. Exactly. That's how I see it. That's how I see it. I don't, I don't, my, my mind doesn't separate the two. To me, it's all one really like to being in the present and taking consistent action. Of course, sometimes we may need to focus on the future and plan and goal, etc. but it's on all done as I'm connected to the breath. And for me, the present moment, it represents my breath. So this is one of the greatest discoveries I've made this year is actually to breathe and allow my breath to sink my words and my actions and even my movements. And this is a very powerful practice. I know it's a little tangent, but uh, in Zen, they say it's easy enough to stand, sit, sit still. But 
the challenge starts to walk without touching the ground or something like that. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's easy to just sit still and be peaceful, but when we're actually in rush and moving to keep that presence going, in other words, to be connected to the breath. So that's the practice that I do when I'm, when I'm in the gym and I'm like, let's say I have 15 minutes to get dressed and go back to the coffee shop to do my personal ritual and then come back to my calls. Uh, I notice myself that I'm like rushing and I'm like, okay, breath. And I try to breathe as I'm like rushing and just see how fast can I work and put my clothes on, but being grounded in the breath and in the presence, which is an art. Yeah. A lot of people also want to focus on happiness and acceptance. And that's for a lot of people in the spiritual community, but I personally feel more about, but that's my opinion about fulfillment and, and about meaning because there's meaning when you're like hustling all the time, like relax, chill, accept, be present. You know, like you will find more fulfillment yes. that way for the same person who's like, yeah, relax. And the universe comes to me like, yeah, you know, take some action, you know, do some yeah. things. You will feel more fulfilled that way. So it's, yes. it's, it's it's on both of the both ends of the spectrum that it could work, you know. You absolutely right. I love to touch on that because that's a challenge of mine, actually, a big one that I'm that I'm not a challenge, but it's something that I'm observing myself. So today's Friday, so I feel more grounded, more chill, right? If you talk to me on Monday and Tuesday, I'm pretty sometimes quite intense, you know. I'm like really on fire, like go 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 mode, right? It's like different feeling, and then I ritualistically in, included this in my week. Now this is my latest evolution of my rituals, and it is on. Saturday and Sunday, I, I cut myself off from any client interaction, no appointments, nothing, right? No internet appointments. And then I do something interesting. I go for three hours of silence in this meditation place, which is quite intense. I sit with plant medicine um, and I basically do a ceremony, which brings me to an alternate state of consciousness. Now, this is like going to the moon. This is the new level, okay? This is like you go from this reality to another reality. And this completely disconnects me from this realm and go getting and my goals and my dreams. And it just, it's like a reset button in my consciousness. And then on Saturday night, I'm kind of in this Zen music flow mode, right? And then on Sunday, I start to pick it back up again. I do my morning cardio and I get to back in social life. I may go hang out, meet women, whatever, right? So I'm more social, socially active. And then by Sunday night, I'm back to ground, getting ready for Monday, crunch time coming up. And then Monday morning is a little bit challenging because going from total yin and chill and flow mm -hmm. to boom, 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 right? <laughs> so I'm finding this is my third week. Like I have my routine tracker here. I'll show you. This is my mm -hmm. third week coming out. I track some of my top commitments, et cetera. Um, and it's been working really well. I'm really excited about it to commit to three or one month for March of following this routine of Saturday and Sunday, total yin. And then Monday to Friday, go time. And with the exception of Wednesday night, I give myself a little break. Wednesday night seems to be, after years of tracking my routines, Wednesday night seems to, you need a little break in the middle. <laughs> yeah, especially for people who I also focus on productivity. Uh, other people, they need a kick under their ass to finally do some stuff. But people who are doing stuff all the time, hopefully productive, a lot of times they say busy, a word that I hate, but. Uh, they have to schedule some time to relax or scheduled spontaneity. And it's like, huh? how can you have scheduled spontaneity? Yeah, you need yeah. to allow yourself some time to tune in and allow some silence and some yes. play, you know, else you just burn out or don't relax. It's intense recovery and it's intense uh, effort, right? Yeah, you're bringing up a very interesting thing and that is in momentum, right? So on the shadow level, we can't get started. In other words, we want to launch a product. We can't even get started. We keep thinking how things are going to take forever. And we start the project. We get the momentum. 
And then there's another shadow comes up and that we can't stop, right? So this transition is the keyword. I think Tim Ferriss who taught me this, transitions is the tricky point. I think Eben Peg, one of the guys, basically it's, it's easy, it's, it's hard at first to get to the gym, right? So you force yourself to go to the gym and you do that consistently. And then it's gonna be hard to actually start working out and go to the next thing. So transition is the key. And in the same way, when we're having a very productive week, like today, I'm tempted even. I'm tempted to keep, like I had a really crushing week. I really crushed it this week. It's so easy for me to say, you know what? I'm doing really well. Let me just keep going. Let me just work Saturday. Let me just work Sunday. Let's just do this. And I've done that before. No judgment. But I know if I do that, I, something is taken away. The fulfillment, the joy, the ecstasy, the, the lightness, the laughter, the moments of pause, this taken away. And then I, I find myself in hell, basically. I find myself in this really rigid, angry, getting in arguments with clients and like, it's just that energy comes yeah, out. Yeah, you, you, you can feel it in your body. I went to the same period that I was like, I was so in the zone of like adrenaline, let's say, fight or flight, but good, a good fight or flight, but like an intense yeah. deep fight or flight that I was just over my limits. I'm like, let's complete this. Oh, I'm doing this. Let's complete this. And I stayed up late. I was ignoring my body. Didn't yeah. get enough sleep, you know? And in the end, it, it wasn't really good for me, but I was just in that you know, fifth gear mode, you know, and I yeah. couldn't shift back, you know. It's like taking, Adre Adre what is it, Adderall? Adderall. I don't yeah. know if you have experience with Adderall, but I have, and it's fun. And let me tell you, it's fun, but then you pay for it, let's just say. You pay for it. So I have done that, and at first it's like, you go, 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 and you think you're on the right track, and the next thing you know, you're like, you put the ladder on the wrong side of the wall, basically. Like, you just did all this work, and now you realize that you haven't met your needs. So I always say, I, one of the people that I love is Teal Swan, who, who is teaching me to self-love, about self-love, and ask yourself the question, what would someone who love, herself, love himself do? And I have that on my door. What would someone who love themselves do? And if I find myself really feeling like, like in the middle of calls, like after this call, I have a break time, etc., cetera, um, I ask myself, what would I do? And I just come on, lay down, close my eyes, and, and I give myself some nutrition, and then I rest, and then I go back after 15 or 30 minutes, and then I, I basically get back on, on track. And at the moment, I like coffee. So I take another shot of coffee and boom, I'm good to go for another few hours. If we would look at the guy who was taking drugs in the discotheque, the, the puja who was dancing there. And we now, <laughs> yeah. the puja. <laughs> yes, you got it. Uh, Going to use it as a karate uh, sound, I think. And uh, the guy who is now just taking a plant medicine and relaxing. Yeah. What is the difference between those oh, alternating mind state substances? Love that question. So good. Funny enough, I have actually um, a shaman. She's a very loving woman. She lives in San Diego. She actually said that to us in an ayahuasca ceremony. What is the difference between doing drugs and doing ceremony? Because you can, you can totally like fool yourself too. And I've done that too. Um, but the difference is in three things. I hope I remember it correctly. But one is in, in the context and the environment that you're doing it. So this intentionally creating the space. So usually ceremonies is done very intentionally. There's a clearing of space and lighting candles and putting pictures and things and, or in nature. But the way I go about it is very private. Um, so I, I do it in a spiritual environment where everyone is meditating and it's quite silence. So that to me is a supportive environment or doing it privately at home. So the setting is one. Second is the intention. So whereas drugs, you do it because you, you feel bored or you feel excited or you feel horny or whatever. You just take drugs and you like, oh, let's go have fun. That's the intention. With this one is, is like you feel like you need some wisdom. You need to go there. And to be honest, when I go sit with ceremonies, it's opposite of the drug. Because when I do ecstasy and drugs, what happens, and no offense to ecstasy because I think it's a great medicine to do mm -hmm. in ceremony also. Mm -hmm. However, I don't do it at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, but 
this type of ceremonies that I do, they're quite the opposite. Is actually you go to a place of deep suffering in our experience. Are you with me? So I put myself in a circumstance to experience deepest part of my fears and suffering. And my body is like going through experience of fear, insecurities, doubt, worry, fear, agony. And I know it sounds crazy, but when I go through that experience consciously, systematically, I've, I've been working. I don't recommend doing this without uh, professional help but, or enough information. Mm -hmm. But here's the interesting point. After the experience, there's, there's an expression called the flowering of suffering. Flowering of suffering. I love that by Richard Rudd. So it's like that. So I go to these ceremonies. The environment is set up. The intention, right? Like the intention for the last one that I was in is to, what is my life purpose? How can I fulfill my purpose? How can I fulfill my purpose? So there's an intention there. There is a very devotional aspect of prayer and intention and calling in forces and energies of light and unconditional love to be even on my service. Because if you don't do that, that could also, also be very destructive. There's stories of many of my teachers actually who went south mm. or went to the dark forces, you could say. So there's a danger there. But here, and this danger has stopped me from actually considering ceremonies for a long time. But I met a teacher who was incredibly beautiful and compassionate and loving, and she was sitting with ceremonies for so long. I asked her the question. I was like, I'm afraid of doing this because there's a danger. And she says, tell me one thing in life that you have achieved that didn't have a danger or something that you really feel it can help you that wasn't dangerous. There's dangers is everywhere. Helen Keller, life is in a daring adventure or nothing. There's a certain degree of risk in everything. Now, I believe there, we do have enough information as species with plant medicine, especially psilocybin and uh, ayahuasca and these, uh, these, um, these uh, plant medicines that we can actually do it in a conscious, intentional, safe way. These medicines, according to a lot of TED Talks that I recently watched, they actually are not addictive. They, are, they, have, they kill less people than all these drugs, alcohol, accidents, and smoking all combined. They've never actually, I don't think in my experience, um, they, they do kill people. It's very low. And they're very safe. However, they are fucking dangerous and serious. So I'm saying they're safe. It's not like something to be played with. It's very much respected in my experience because it could be, I've, I've seen, I've seen um, the dangers of them. I have the ultimate respect for it. And I am a kind of guy who has, per, who has an addictive personality. And if I like something, I take like 10 of them. So I hope this helps whoever is considering doing it. Ultimate respect. These are, these are not to be messed with, ceremonic way. And the answer to your question is the environment, the intention, and the medicine itself also. Like who you're getting it from, sometimes the treated, treating medicine with a lot of respect. Because these plants, interesting point, these plants have been here before humanity. Humanity globe has been, I don't know, billions of years, planet Earth has been created from the Big Bang, according to scientists. Then we have the human species that have been around for Homo sapiens for about 200,000 years, etc. Vegetation has been around for billions of years. And then the flowers evolution, I think it was 150, year, billion, 150 million years ago. Long story short, vegetations and these plants were here before humanity was. And then the monkeys started to evolve and we started to evolve to becoming what we are actually right now, um, according to the theory of evolution. So long story short, these, these plants were here before. And every species in the, according to my coach, she taught me this, very interesting. Mm -hmm. She says every species on the planet that becomes a cancer and tries to destroy others, it gets vanished, just like the dinosaurs was vanished, etc. So humanity have come to a point right now that we are 
we have taken over the world. We have built airplanes, everything. We've taken over the ocean. We go to the moon. We got it all figured out. We got, we know how to create shit using our minds, right? According to Eckhart Tolle, but we also know how to destroy each other. Atomic bombs, Hitler, the war, etc. What we're discovering is that we are destroying each other. We are running by greed, power, selfishness, and this is our core. According to Eckhart Tolle, our greatest discovery is not atomic bomb or all these things, but discovering our own madness. Let me say that again. Our greatest discovery is not our computers and apples and et cetera. Those are great, but it's discovering our own madness. So I believe, this is my personal perspective, that these plant medicines are here to help us to accelerate our evolution, to go from our egos, frontal cortex, to a more holistic and heart-centered, loving way of being that basically says, I know that you are also consciousness and you are one with me in this field of life. Yeah, and it's also interesting what you say because it's only when we realize that we can do bad that we can do good. It's only when we see our shadows or see our suffering that we can transform it because we, we own the experience or we embrace the experience or we transform the experience. So I yes. think it, I took some psychedelics myself. I haven't uh, taken uh, ayahuasca yet. But I think the major point of these psychedelics is that sometimes people need to have a different perspective. And sometimes they're so stuck in a certain perspective that yes. that just shows them an alternate perspective and shows them a way out or shows them that a part of them is projecting it. And then they can play with that perspective and just seeing that from a different perspective, taking ecstasy, having that loving feeling, knowing that it's there gives them like, oh, maybe yeah. there's a chance I can work with it. Absolutely. Yes. Interesting. You bring up this point. Um, I, there's a book called stealing fire. I don't know if you heard about it. Mm. Great book. And it goes deep into the topic of medicine and, and how uh, psilocybin magic mushroom ayahuasca has actually been used in, um, Silicon Valley and a lot of entrepreneurs in, in San Diego and how it's actually revolutionizing that and how they use it in the, to create this state called ecstasy in the army and everything. There's a very, a lot of amazing stuff happening. And some are microdosing on it. And microdosing and everything, yeah. So in this book, it talks about, this book is very interesting, Stealing Fire, I highly recommend. In one of the chapters, it talks about studying of alternative consciousness animals and if this is in nature. And actually, according to the author, he gives you all these examples of all these dolphins and like horses and like cats and all these things. They actually continuously go to this alternative consciousness using these different um, medicines or whatever. And the question is, why? If, the, if this purpose of evolution is survival, why would somebody, why would, why would even nature go to these alternative consciousnesses? And the answer is, as you rightly say, we get stuck on one routine and we don't know what else is possible. We're stuck into our own life. We don't know. So nature has this uh, percentage of the people are open to the idea of going to this alternative consciousness and it has that in, even in animals because it creates, it branches out a new pathway in activities and in a new way of being that was not even a reality or even imagined before. Yeah, maybe that is the big bang. That's the thought that goes through my head, just the opening up of different perspective and flowering of perspective. It's also the experience, I haven't done it yet, but that people have on DMT, you know, on, yes. birth, on birth you have it, the opening up of perspectives and then the death of the ego, which is the death of perspective let's say that that they also have like so expansive and there's just one perspective so it's interesting how it could be the opening of perspectives and that of perspectives and the contractive yes. and expansive that is playing in nature consciousness in our ego and even with psychedelics absolutely yeah i love just that <laughs> i got a goosebump when you said that i think i think there's something definitely there 
And you're right. It's all about a, a, a bigger view of perspective. It's all about perspective. You're absolutely correct. And I feel like a depressed person and the person who's enlightened and is crushing it, it's all the difference in perspective, <laughs> right? One person knows his role in life and what's possible for him. And the other person believes and has a limited perspective what's possible for him. So these medicine enables us, according to science, they actually literally change the blood flow from there is this path we call the default path from here to the end of our back of our brain, which mm -hmm. electricity is going back and forth. So we constantly think the same thoughts, 98% of the thoughts are the same, da -da 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 -da, all our conditioning bullshit is going on. So plant medicine allows us to actually shut this off for a little bit and actually allow other neurons to start to come in and opening our mind to other possibilities and building new neural connectivities. And again, as I said, like anything, um, it's definitely the uh, serious attention and respect required because it can also be very destructive and deadly. So I, I had some intense experiences <laughs> and I, I continue to do so. Uh, but now I, I make sure that I'm in a safe environment and I really take care of myself, making sure that I'm really in a good place. So, And that's also why they call it a higher perspective, right? Even in religion, like it's, it's seen from a higher perspective, you know, that you can have a view of your own perspective. Yeah. So that's also what exactly. the religions are doing, right? That's why they call it a higher perspective. Yes. Yeah, it's like getting altitude. Uh, Eben Pagan has, the, has his company's name, Altitude Get Altitude, which is mm -hmm. it's like going on top and just having that bird eye view of our life. Like you're absolutely right. And that's what happened before, uh, after my last breakdown which was a month ago, actually. Um, I came from San Diego and I just got into this argument with my father and I, I, I went to sit in plant medicine and I just really looked at my life and I just, I could see all the pieces and I wrote down on a piece of paper, like all the things that I do have and all my skills and all the things. And I was able to have this perspective. And then from this perspective, I was like, oh, it's like, it's like limitless, you know? Have you seen the limitless? The guy takes mm -hmm. the smart pills and he just, he just looks at everything and is like, I now see this has to come here and this has to go there and this has to go here. And I think that's how it happened for me. <laughs> and this is just happening. It's like becoming limitless from this new perspective. Yeah. Yeah. The other movie, I don't know which one it was called, you know, with obey that they, that they, 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 that they see that all people are like robots and all the subliminal advertising, you know, obey and buy, buy, buy. That's also another movie. Yeah. Then you can see the social conditioning. You can see yes. your own conditioning and then you can choose how to respond to these things. So you're a bit yes. of, 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 not a victim of confirmation, but you're an agent of change, let's say. Absolutely. Yes, I think that's um, Fight Club and also Matrix. I think those two have similar themes as social conditioning and to being able to actually not be programmed by society and the marketing and the whole, the whole thing that's constantly surrounded by making us believe that we're missing something so that we can actually go spend money to increase our sense of self. According I, to I, I think that's why... I, <laughs> Maybe I'm a bit a religious person. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm checking out Jordan Peterson and other people at the moment, you know, who, who looks at uh, religion from a psychological perspective. But everything that has to do with the deeper why, with purpose, with value of religion, they all watch things from a higher perspective. And you need something that pulls you, that pulls you up and pulls you higher. So if you don't have a skill or some enthusiasm, what you want to go for or set a goal or contribute to the world, you will stay stuck in the mud and it will just drain you and pull you down. So if you have a purpose or a vision or a higher perspective or religion or contributing to something, you know, then you have something that can pull you up. But without that, I think it's really difficult to change and you just stay stuck, depressed, frustrated, anxious, I feel. Yes. And that's a stage for sometimes we have to go through that for us to actually awaken. And I had to go through that. And many, many, many drugs 
this is one of my fun, fun theories is I really believe like, you know how a lot of there's a meth epidemic and all these epidemics, right? I feel like it's actually a blessing. I know it sounds crazy, but I know those drugs and what they're capable of and they're capable of destroying you so fast and bring you to a place called health so quickly, right? Which is also really good because you either die with all the respect, you either die or you awaken, as you said, like you hit rock bottom and it gets so bad that it just can't get any bad anymore. Like you have to get better. That's why this life is foolproof. Like you get so bad, you even die and you have to reincarnate based on my belief or you basically, you wake up and you, you awaken. Like I have friends who, who were alcoholics and homeless. My, my, own, my own sponsor, I had a sponsor for taking me through the 12 step process and he was in Philadelphia for 20 years and was doing all these drugs and then he hit rock bottom and he was about to die and then he awakened. And then he had this experience from then his life completely turned around. So I, I finish up with that saying that um, according to my teacher, Richard Rudd, without a sense of higher purpose, it is impossible to feel fulfilled in life. I'm paraphrasing, but without a sense of higher purpose, higher purpose, it is impossible to feel true fulfillment because money, sex, traveling, freedom, all is great. But ultimately what we want is to be fulfilled. And fulfillment can happen in action and moving and thin, or it can happen on meditation cushion. But it all has to have that context of a higher purpose. You coach people in having a breakthrough in seven days. Now, you probably, I'm also a coach, you must ask some interesting questions because you, can't, you can take a horse to the water, but you can't force the water to drink, let's say. <laughs> what are some water drinking questions you can ask for people so they have a breakthrough and start changing things and seeing things from a different perspective? Oh, okay, I love that. So what can I say to the horse that the horse is going to start drinking the freaking water, right? Yeah. yeah I love that. I love that example. Okay, uh, funny enough, yesterday I actually made this Facebook Live um, on this topic, which is very like, uh, synchronized. One of my coaching clients, she was in, in this, she was very well off. Her family was providing for her all the time. So she happened to hire me and whatever. And I don't, I don't let you get off when you talk to me. Like I will, I will either destroy, like you either have to cancel your coaching or you're going to get results. Like that's the level of seriousness that I play with her. Long story short, she was not, she was just kind of casual, you know, just whatever, you know, flowing. And I was like, this is the exercise that I gave her and she had a breakthrough. And this is why I'm sharing it because in, according to her, it really got her out of um, inertia. So the exercise is, I asked her to go and write down the question, what are the things that you're tolerating in your life? Now, this person lives in a beautiful home. She already has her rent paid and everything paid, and she wants to do her own business. It's very difficult for her to do because she already has all the money, right? Mm -hmm. But I was like, what are you tolerating? And you know what? And, and why? So this is the question. What are you tolerating in your life and why? Right? So she journaled about it. And when I, when I say to do that, I recommend doing it in the spirit of go sit down with intention, quiet place, take a deep breath, do it. You may do a prayer, ask your higher self, God, whatever you want to call it, guide me so that I have a breakthrough. And then grab a journal and write down the question, what am I tolerating in my life? And I'm all about positivity. Okay, I'm all about being grateful, but I invite you to just sit that aside. Just stop being positive. Add a little dose of realism and kicking the butt in your, in your thing, like Tony Robbins would say, right? Realism. Like you have been broke for how many years? You have been, according to this, this client especially, you have been getting money from your mother. How pathetic is that, right? 
Don't you want to, like, you have been putting up with it. And then she got really pissed off. Like she started to write things down. I am done. I am done listening to her shit. I am done feeling like this. I am done that. And then she started to write down. So writing down, what are you, what are you tolerating in life? Are you tolerating seeing your friends on Facebook having beautiful girlfriends? That was one of my triggers. Are you tolerating the fact that you're still in your parents' house? Are you tolerating the fact that you're still in debt? Are you tolerating the fact that you can't even, you can't even make money doing what you love? You still have to go to these shitty jobs. Like, write them down and why? Why? Because I'm insecure. Why? Because I don't know what to do. Why? Because I think life is not on my side. Just get it all out. I think if you do that, that really triggers you. And then write down, what do you want? What do you want and why? Right? And it takes, it, takes, it takes really courage to do that. And this exercise just came to me. Uh, I did that. And then the next step is, if you want to get out of that, because once you feel really crappy and you're like, well, I want to change. Well, here's the next step. Is according to Anthony Robbins, the guru of life, thank, thanks to him, he has this exercise. He says, I want you to do this. Before, before you make a change, write down, first get frustrated. So that's the next step. What are you tolerating, et cetera. Step two, reflect in your life. What are the things in your life that you ever achieved that you're proud of? It could be graduating from school. It could be getting my first sale. It could be launching something. Make a list of the top three or five. Then go into each of them and ask yourself the question, what are the phases I've been through? I first became frustrated. I then had to make a decision. I then had to commit to someone. I then had to take massive action. Reverse engineer the formula in your own experience. So you may go through five experiences. And this has been my experience. I reverse engineered my experience and I realized there has been a common pattern. A, I became absolutely fucking done with being broke, done with being single, done with being addicted, done with seeing my friends succeed and I'd be stuck. Mm-hmm. Two, I made a decision. That means I stopped being, oh, I don't know what to do. Or maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should do all of them. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. do a little bit of this. And I said, only this one thing I will do, right? I made a decision, one thing. And then the next thing I did is I committed to something outside of me because by myself, I can make all the decisions. I can write all the things that I can post it on the wall. And two days later, I'm back to saying, oh, this is not going to work. But if I commit to a coach, to a mentor, a system, a program, put my money down, sign an agreement, business partner, something, then I have skin in the game. I can't tomorrow change my mind. And then it's consistent action and going through those experiences of, emotions and from there is easy once you go to the stage the rest is easy then it comes with the power of habit as we talked about that's why we do a seven day breakthrough seven day every single day talking to someone daily and then go through a 21 day challenge yeah man i love the rant man like so many people are bullshitting themselves and and telling that everything is going okay or oh yeah i think i know everything right now to change my life no you don't you've been doing this for freaking a decade and you've been motivated for two days you're doing shit for two days and you're back scrolling to facebook watching porn and just dabbling and doing shit you know you you think you got the breakthrough but you don't you need to take committed action you need to have accountability unless you're a very structured person you need to be able to deal with failure and bounce back from failure and then move forward and then take consistent action that moves you closer to your narrow selected goals or steps and make sure that these are implemented instead of being all over the place and overwhelmed. You're making yourself overwhelmed. You are not overwhelmed. You're making yourself overwhelmed by not committing and committing to the process and focusing on that thing, overcoming failure, facing your fears, going deep, and then developing skills. If you're an entrepreneur, monetizing it, you know, and you will get more clarity, whatever, but learn from people who've been there before. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love the I love the realism piece that you're touching on because I I suffered with that especially in the spiritual circle because I I tend to be on the spiritual side and I love mm-hmm. those things and I and I love teachings of Matt Kahn, Teal Swan, all these great beautiful people, Richard Richard Rudd and all that. But I find that it's it's spiritual bypass and that's what it's called, right? It's like use the spirituality to heal and process and sit with and go through the emotions and I'm so broken, I'm so lonely and I'm just gonna sit with it and I'm gonna process it and I'm gonna like pray it and I'm gonna like manifest it. Fuck that. You know, mm-hmm. you're broke, get real, mm-hmm. right? It's all good that you you have all these awarenesses about what life is and you know you're, you're not your body, great. Great, you know you're higher consciousness. Now it's time to decide to make this life the most epic life to serve humanity that means in this very life, make a freaking goal, create a freaking plan and routines and follow it every single day and be decisive and do it whether you feel like it or not. Man, we should make a rant series because I don't, I don't immediately <laughs> I do this with the, with the coaching, but sometimes I should say like, listen, you're freaking lazy. You're doing shit. You have zero results. You've been dabbling. I've been sending you the exercises. You're not doing them. It's not making me fulfilled. It's not getting you anywhere. You're bullshitting yourself drop the facade and start doing some things. Yeah, I want to do this and this. Dude, you can't even make your bet, let alone not check social media last hour or do your most important task each day. And you're, you're suddenly going to have your passive income in six months. Who are you kidding? Where is this yeah. coming from? You don't even have the daily structure yet to be committed to, let alone a business, let alone helping other people. Be yeah. a bit realistic here. You can do it, yeah. but be realistic for God's sake. Absolutely. And you know what? I just, I would like to balance this out because I'm totally with you on that hundred percent, but I also have clients and I'm sure a lot of viewers here Mm -hmm. are already doing a lot of that and they're already so hard on themselves. Right. Like I had a coaching student. She just got on the call and she's just committed. Like she's freaking machine. Right. So I give a completely different advice to her because I I, I have, this is my, I'm going to make a kind of thing about it. That's my, that's one saying that I have, you know, and that's like my essential saying. Be soft on yourself, be hard on your principles. Ah, so I like that. don't judge yourself, be compassionate about, you know, judge your actions, not your character, you know, judge your actions and you can build your character with taking the right action. So just have some principles. Every day is a new day to get started. You shouldn't just uh, be hard on yourself because you're hard on yourself or be anxious because you're anxious. It's not helping yes. anyone. But if you have some principles that you commit to that can really help you weather the storm, it's kind of like your banner you put in the ground, you know? Yes. Yeah, I like that. And just to finish what I was saying, one of my coaching students, she, she, she was very hard on herself. And she was like five minutes, she snoozed, I think. And she's like, I'm really mad at myself. I snoozed today for five minutes and I just really put myself down. I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and then I go to the other one. I'm like, listen, your coaching for today is self-love. I want you to talk to yourself mm-hmm. like your best friend, right? Talk to yourself with kindness. I love you. I know you slept in for five minutes. You're going to do better next time. So I want to balance that out because in the self-development industry, there's two groups. Either A, as you said, like they're just bullshitting. we bullshitting ourselves and we just say everything is great and flowing. No, no, no. And then we go to the other extreme. And if you're like one minute late, one minute like, you know, early or late or whatever, we just kick ourselves in the, in the ass and feel guilty and create all a lot of trauma. So as you say, um, there's a degree of softness and gentleness, which is an art. So the recommendation is if you find yourself more in that flowy state of, oh, I think everything is manifesting for me. I'm just going to flow in life and everything is just going to happen. You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in that kind, of, that kind of person, you need to add a degree of realism and kick in the butt and say, what am I tolerating and why am I bullshitting myself? And if you feel yourself, you're beating yourself so much, then start to be loving more to yourself. 
So that makes sense. I agree 100%. Yeah. Again, we return back to the spectrum where you're at, you know, if you're very active or yang and have no boundaries or whether yes. you're like very, very open <laughs> without any direction and you're all over yeah. the place, you know. You talked yeah. a bit about the power of habits. How do you make sure people implement the right habits uh, after seven days or after a while? Like what's important for habit setting and implementation? You feel? Yeah, the habit setting, it, it's so, the most important thing is to have such a goal that's so small that you know you're going to crush, but, right? So that's called, that's why Napoleon Hill calls it the definite chi fame. It's called the word definite in there. That means it's definite, right? Like there's no, it's called, my mentor calls it bullet to the head goal which I love, right? <laughs> and he says to me, he's like, Puyo, how much money can you save by this date? And I'm like, um, this much? He's like, okay, well, if you don't, I'll take half of it. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cut it by half, right? So it's called the bullet to the head goal. So definite, set, set goals that are beyond. So for example, you want to build the habit of waking up early. My, one of my coaching students, 5 a.m., he wants to wake up 4 a.m. And he's been waking up, at, he's been sleeping till 2 a.m. and he's been waking up at I don't know, eight, right? Mm -hmm. So set a goal that you know, you know, if you put your heart and soul to it, this week you're going to achieve it, right? And then nail that goal with a definiteness for seven days using tracking sheets, which is basically a simple sheet that you can actually write down all your routines. And for those of you who want this, feel free to message me. I'm happy to send it to you. It's very simple. Um, but basically, um, is to put one, one routine in place, one or three, not too much. Like not one of the biggest challenges I see is trying to do too many changes and mm -hmm. I'm guilty of that. One is to create a definite goal, stick to it for a consistent basis and do not, do not, do not be under the delusion that you can change your habit by yourself. Do not, just don't, because you won't. I, myself, and you may do it for a little bit, but it's a pain in the ass and struggle and it always goes back. Always, always, always have somebody else on board whether it is through a mastermind body, whether it's through a mentor, whether it's through anything, come up with it. As according to Napoleon Hill, the first, the second principle, mastermind. You want to have other people who are committed to you. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you ever did anything by yourself? We can't even graduate from high school by ourselves. We always have to do around people by ourselves. And then we want to launch a business by yourself. We want to wake up early by yourself. We want to exercise by yourself. It's bullshit. It's ego. It's mm -hmm. all freaking conditioning, keeping us limited. So A, take a goal that you know you can crush and do it for consistently for seven days and do not try to do more until you really get that one down. Two, do it with somebody else and have somebody who can kick your ass. And if you don't, you have to go find them. And if you don't reach out to people, like I've done that. I've reached out to people. I didn't have people at first when I started. I just started reaching out to people. Hey, I'm doing this routine. Do you want to do it with me? Let's get on a call. Daily huddles, five minutes. We'll do a call. Jump on a call. Hey, did you get up at 5 a.m.? Right? So this is, this is kind of starting it, having somebody else to hold you accountable, and then building momentum. And then, uh, for, so I, I also recommend seven-day breakthrough. And then I recommend 21-day challenge. And then from there, you can make a three-month commitment. And then from there, you can make it six months and then one year. That's how the approach I take. What are some misconceptions you feel people have about habits? <sighs> well, the people who, are, who really need them aren't even aware of them. And the people who, um, I think misconceptions, I think one is that they think that they can do too many at the same time. Like they can actually change a bunch at the same time. The second misconception, which is great, actually, you just asked this question, is I have coaching students, they go through my seven day breakthrough and they just, wow, like, holy shit. Like I just revolutionized my morning routine. Like I've actually done my, I actually done my marketing. And, and then at the end of seven days, 
all the money fears comes up because they have to do my 21 day challenge, right? They're like, mm-hmm. oh, I totally got this. I think I totally got this whole mm-hmm. thing. I think I'm going to do this. Oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm really going to do this. I know myself. I'm so disciplined. <laughs> bullshit, you're not. And I tell them right away. I'm like, don't even bullshit me. Don't even go there. I'm not going to sell out on you. I'm not going to try to please you. No. Mm-hmm. If you want to really, if you're serious, right now you just planted this seed in the soil. You need to feed that sucker water and you need mm-hmm. to sh- protect it from the animals that are going to come eat it. The animals of pessimism and fear and doubt and family challenges and money problems and patterns of old are going to come and they're going to put you right back to where. So if you build a habit, you've got to continue it for 21 days and do not be silly to think that you can do it on your own. That's yep. a mis- misconception. People At think le- that they already got it after seven. You didn't get it. Yeah, at <laughs> least 21 days. Uh, it takes a while to build habits and it also depends on the habit and it takes a while to implement things. If I want to make a comparison with people, if you study for an exam, if you would do the same exam two months later, how many people would fail for that exam? They've been intensely been repeating the information of the study for the exam. And if we would do the same exam, you know, different tests of the same exam two months later, a lot of people would flunk it. So you need some repetitions, you need some accountability, you need to notice your own patterns and triggers to, to become aware yourself. Because I feel that is the purpose of a coach to, to people become their own coach and see patterns and set up own systems because habits are a bit of systems, you know, but it takes a while to manage and micromanage these things, you know, because you easily go back to something you've been doing for years or months or decades. Yeah, I mean, think about it. How long have we been living those old habits, right? Like we've been living those bad habits ever since we were a child. We've been basically trained by our parents who didn't know any better. So for like 15, 20, 25, 30, whatever age you are, 30, 35, we've been doing something differently. And then we, 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 we just somehow believe in seven days or even a month, we can actually like change 10 habits at the same time, which is not realistic. And it, it bounds for failure. So start small, pick one or two habits. And again, key cornerstone habits are, has to do with our physiology, has to do with our silence time and quiet time with ourselves. Simple stuff, breathing, honestly, like what the habit of breathing every day for five minutes can change your life. If you haven't done it, just start it today and you will wake up 30 years from now. <laughs> You'll be more present, more happy, more everything. So starting small and go from there. What are some habits that really had a big impact in your life? Oh my God, habits that are having big impact. One is silence, 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 silence. According to Alan Watts, the person who thinks all the time has nothing to think about except thoughts. So power of silence has been a great gift. I heard about it by Deepak Chopra and Alan Watts and all those guys. And I was like, you know, what are these guys talking about? Like, why would I sit down, do nothing when I can do all these other work that I have to do, right? Like I can read books, I can get knowledge, I can just, I can just grow, I can make money. That's stupid. Why would I sit down and do nothing? But then again, it comes faith and trust in a teacher that's above you, right? So there's a degree of surrender required because when we're stuck in a level here, if you want to go there, this level is like alien territory. You don't even know what you don't even know. So out of faith, out of trust, I was like, okay, if all these guys, if, if Tim Ferriss and Eben Pagan or all these guys are meditating, right? Um, maybe the guy give it a try. So I started with a routine of silence and it was very terrible, hard. And my mind was going crazy and I disciplined myself. And that was my first breakthrough. It's like, if I can't even sit five minutes for five minutes or 20 minutes being quiet, something is definitely wrong with me. If I can't just sit and do nothing, I'm not telling you to go climb a tree. I'm not telling you to do 20 squats. I'm not telling you to do anything. Just sit and do nothing and breathe. I think climbing, climbing a rock would be easier for you. Isn't that for interesting? For two hours yeah. than sitting yeah, down for five I'm minutes. I'm asking you just sit and breathe. 
and you can't do it. And I was like, that was the insanity that became aware to me. And I remember in 2008, that's when I started to really take it seriously, silence. I meditated and then I went to a course that really shifted my life. It's called Vipassana, silence meditation for 10 days, I'm sure you're aware. And oh, that course just, just destroyed me in a sense. By fourth day, I was going to go crazy. And that really shifted things for me to understand the power of silence because meditation five minutes there, 10 minutes there, they're good and they're valuable, but you don't, I, in my experience, I never got the value of what it's here. What is it doing to me then? So that would be the number one habit, silence. I would say if, if there was one habit, I would suggest really silence time by myself and just really being by myself in quietness, according to Joel Goldsmith, in quietness and in confidence, thou art my strength. Very beautiful, powerful devotional statement, right? In quietness, in confidence. And it's amazing what happens in silence. All these insights come, all these ideas connect. All of a sudden, there's, there's, a, there's a quality that they call in Zen. It's, it's nothing special, but it's special. Added to our life. In, in, according to Dogen Zenji or the book Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, he talks about for a mother to have children, it's nothing special right? But it's very special. It's a child. So in the same way, the people who meditate consistently, taking time for silence, there's a quality in their consciousness that to them is nothing special, but it's very special because it's, an, it's a very beautiful way to be able to be present and enjoy each moment. So I would say that bringing awareness and presence is by far, and, and trust me, physical exercise is on top of my list. I'm very tempted to say it's that. And for some people, maybe it's that if the mind is too rough, that's why they do meditation exercise in the Yogananda's meditation method, actually, because if the mind is all over the place, but I, I assume the people who watch this kind of video, they're already quite advanced in the exercise. So that's why I really say mm. bringing silence to your day is by far the most powerful thing you can do to change your entire life. Yeah, it's one of the challenges. I, I do a new, a new habit challenge each month and the meditation challenges at the end of the uh, year because then I'm, I have more work around spirituality that I choose to do. But I think if I would sit, sit down right now, it would be like, oh, I still have to do this. I have to do this. Oh, you're thinking. Oh, my God, you're thinking. Oh, you have to do this. Where's my paper? I have to write this down. Oh, my, I shouldn't think. Oh, my God, I'm really bad at this. Like, <laughs> this should yeah. be. This yeah. will probably be the beginning of uh, meditation. Like, what the hell is going on here, you know? Wow. Yeah. Well, even, even that right there, there is no meditation that you can fail at. That's the beautiful part. There is no such a thing as good meditation, nothing. Just the fact that you had an intention to sit down and close your eyes and just be by yourself and your mind is going crazy. Beautiful. That's what you need to experience. Beautiful. But eventually with consistent, the power of practice, I love that word, the power of practice it seems like insane. Let me tell you this much. There's the gift of determination, which is very close to insanity. Definition of insanity, do the same thing, expect different results, right? But the determination is, is an insanity, enlightened insanity. That's what it is. The fourth day of Vipassana, sitting down, I thought, I, I thought this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever done. All I'm sitting is paying attention to my nose and breathing mm -hmm. in and breathing out and my mind is all over and my body is aching and I'm like, this is crazy. Nothing is changing for four days of 10 hours, right? And that's when the gift of determination and power of practice came. All of a sudden, out of the blue, when I kept going back, when I kept going back, when I kept going back, boom, all of a sudden, I had this experience of, oh my God, like something started to shift. Tiny, tiny thing. But I started to notice a shift. Oh my God, I'm actually able to aware of sensation in a new way that I've never experienced before. It was like discovering a new arm. 
I can tell you that. Honestly, it's almost like all your life you have been handicapped and you start to like, you keep doing it and all of a sudden you can do it like this. And you're like, oh my God, I can actually pick stuff and I can move things. That's how it profound was for me. So to answer your question, if, that, if your viewer is having the same challenge, keep doing it with more enthusiasm. In Zen, they call it, that we pick up the weed and we plant it beside the tree and it nurtures the, nurtures the tree. So all those thoughts, all these, all these are weeds of the mind. These are all your difficulties. There will come a point in your practice that if you keep doing it, all those difficulties become nurturing food for you, which is a very beautiful moment in your practice. And you realize nothing can stop you. And actually all those all those distractions actually in a way supports you to realize your presence being that you are. And you realize that you are the awareness that's aware of all these phenomenon and the phenomena are all in one with you, but you are not limited to them. And that's, that's when you know yourself as consciousness more and more. You, you mentioned a bit about Saturday that you relax and you try to unplug all that other morning or evening routines that you have for uh, productivity or daily routines that you, uh, that you do. Yeah, well, I have, I have, Quite few. Um, well, for me, it's my personal success ritual is first, silence, exercise, water, reading my definite chief him out loud, heading to the gym, and then quiet time by myself. I like to dress really nice after my workout at my best consciousness, sit down in coffee shop, have a nice coffee, and just grab my journal. I have a full day plan, 10 hours of work plan, but I still give myself 90 minutes of silence and quiet time. I may read poetry. I may think about my business. I may, whatever, right? I have that. Then I, I dive into my business. I have written down my top activities in business of what brings the cash and serves my clients better. And I have those as a ritual. So I make sure that I honor these five every day, sending reports to my coach, et cetera. Um, those are those rituals that I really, really love. Other rituals is to, I usually have a nap throughout the day, at least 15 or 30 minutes. Uh, I follow it with microdose of magic mushrooms and a little bit of uh, coffee. And that has been working amazing in my experience. Um, those are some of the rituals, the ritual of also shutting things down at night and giving myself an hour of just, just Puya time. And Oh, here's the, here's a ritual that's really, really, really laser getting all my clothing ready for the next day already. So that when I wake up, it's all ready to go. My room is clean. Cleanness is a big part of my new habits, keeping things very tight and clean. I love that because it allows my mind to be clear an hour meditation at silence in, at morning, an hour meditation at night. I just started this again. I used to do that before. I just started this again. Um, as a result of me doing that three hours, it reminded me of the power of silence. Um, so those are the rituals that I, that I consistently do. Of course, there is rituals of talking to my mentor. There is a rituals of talking to a group of people, masterminds. Um, those are all the rituals of my life. And of course, eating consciously. I mean, that probably is huge because it's so tempting to have like especially when we get hungry, eating, eating high calories and that crashes the energy. So one of my rituals is to ensure that I don't eat more than maybe like five or 600 calories, right? Keeping my stomach empty most of the day, just giving it nutritious food. That's a huge one for me because otherwise I would not have the energy to be able to play at the level that I play. Is there still a kind of routine or habit that you still would like to try out that you think, mm. Mm, that's interesting. I'm kind of fascinated by that one, but I haven't tried it yet. Actually, you know what, to be honest, one of the things come up to me, I actually do this habit already. It's called the Wim Hof method of breathing, mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure you're familiar, take deep breaths and then go under cold shower. Uh, I've done that. And every single time I've done that, I live in Canada. I got incredibly sick, like bad, like sore throat mm -hmm. and like knocked out sick. I've done it twice and I got sick both times because of the cold and here's like minus 30 degrees something. So, um, 
I, I'm curious what it's like to go in the cold because I know Anthony Robbins does it. So right now I've limited myself to just sauna, not just sauna, sauna every day for seven minutes. And I do the Wim Hof breathing. And this is kind of a secret I tell you is it's not recommended to do it in sauna because you can pass out. And I've actually mm-hmm. almost passed out many times. But after doing it again, again, don't do, I don't recommend this. this is a joke. Okay, do not do anything that's going to kill you. But basically in sauna, if you do the Wim Hof method, it's very interesting. The breathing that you do, right? And then when you hold your breath, I squeeze myself for a second. It's a yogic method to like let go of thoughts. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I'm very close to passing up, but I don't. I just, I've learned it. It puts me in the state of consciousness. It's like perfect calmness and quietness. It's so beautiful. It's so gorgeous. It's like doing 10 hours of meditation. It's like boom right there. So I do that every day. So that's a little secret habit that I do in sauna. Not recommended. You can pass out. You have to have someone in the sauna. Otherwise, you pass out. Uh, and all these other things that you can be, be, be died. So make sure you contact your grandmother and uncle and lawyer before you make any changes to your diet. Having said that, <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, man. Live, li- living on the edge, but not just over the edge. Uh, before I delve right. into the concluding <laughs> questions, is there anything that you would still like to share that we haven't talked about yet? <sighs> yeah, I just, I like to say like you watch this video, whoever you are until now, I invite you to really commit to something like really commit to something. Cause we both, we both have a mission. We both are here to serve and you happen to land in this video which is quite amazing because there's a lot of channels. There's a lot of videos you can choose and you chose Bill's channel. So, mm-hmm. so that's congratulations to you. It's not an accident. It's synchronized. And I invite you to commit to something. So anything I share, pick, pick one thing that you're going to do for the next seven days and stick to it. So I think if you do that, um, that would be cool. <laughs> um, I, I, since we're doing like a wake up call to people who are watching this, I'm also going to jump in like, if you're watching this video, if I'm going to ask you the question, what bad habit you should stop or what good habit you should pick up, you know what it is. I don't have to convince you what it is. If I'm asking you the question, what small thing could I pick up or bad habit or addiction I could drop, you know it. There's a voice inside you that is speaking out that, could use, that you use to reach more of your potential. It can be a little thing, but it can be something under your control. So just start doing that little thing. You will start noticing once you get better at those little things. You have a skill that you can start changing so many little things that that will become a big thing. Yes, and I invite all of you to make comments and tell us what is it that you're going to stop and start and get the momentum going. I, I laugh at these comments a lot of times when I go to these videos, you know. <laughs> the comments is really fun. So take the time, comment, share, like, all that good stuff. What are some resources, mentors, books you mentioned some that really influenced your life or you think that people could check out if they want to have a breakthrough and transform their life? Yeah, I'll connect it to what I already talked about as silence. I think um, The Power of Now was the book that really in, in, invited me to see that I'm not my mind. That was a big one. So reading that over and funny enough, I actually, I, I thought I got that down and then I worked with a mentor like two years ago and she had me read it again and highlight and write notes. And I was like, Oh my God, like I actually, there's a like whole new level opens up. So if you read it, read it again. Um, Zen mind beginners mind. If you're, if you're into silence meditation, that book has incredibly tremendously helped me. Zen mind beginners mind audiobook uh, read by Peter Coyote. His voice is so beautiful. Have you familiar with that? It's pretty, no, uh, it's pretty amazing. I, I've listened to that maybe 10 times. 
the book that I've gave away the most is New Earth. I've given that book to a lot of people and I continue to do so and I love that book. It really crystallized, connects religion, consciousness, evolution, being present, ego, it's all in there, life purpose. So that's a very powerhouse book that has changed my life in a, in a beautiful way. Uh, I think those two are the ones that are as, as, as a conscious uh, transformation. Of course, as, as, a, as a way of transforming my life, Anthony Robbins' 30-day personal power has been by far one of the greatest things because he taught me the power of momentum on a daily basis and the hour of power specifically. So that his program, Get the Edge, that has been the, one of the greatest gifts. Funny enough, it's on Spotify. If you go on Spotify and search for Anthony Robbins for free, you can actually listen to his audio tracks. says, give yourself the gift of time. And that takes you through a very simple routine that I recommend to my coaching students that they do in the morning. So those are the resources. Yeah. When I talk with coaches, I often talk about the thing that they're really good at. But what is also something, thing, something that you feel you're still struggling with? Yeah. What am I struggling with at the moment is attracting to myself a beautiful, loving partner whom I can actually have sexual relationship without, um, you know, like, because I, I tend to, that's an area that I, that I really like to have more, like more sex, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so I'm looking to attract to myself a conscious woman because one of my shadows is actually I keep compromising going with women who are not sharing the same level of intelligence, consciousness, or looks, all the above, right, mm-hmm. than me. And the reason I discovered recently is because I didn't think I'm worthy enough to um, people love me just for me. I, I always thought people have to love me because I have all this success or looks. So if, if she was already successful, I didn't think she's going to love me. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. this became my awareness. I have actually been celibate, not celibate, but basically haven't had intercourse with a woman for a year and six months, which I'm very proud of in a sense, Mm -hmm. because I chosen consciously to not mix my energy with the woman that I'm not aligned with. But right now I'm finding that I'm, I'm really crushing my business, doing great, loving it. What's what I'm struggling with is actually to not struggling, but something I'm really intending to have more of um, is that the other thing that I'm struggling with is actually clearing debts. Um, which I'm working with a multi-million mentor and it's helping me to actually save money. So mm. um, to, to give you the re- degree of realism, I've never been able to actually, for ever since uh, high school, student loan, I've been in debt. And this year for the first time in my life, I am going to be debt-free. Last year I consolidated in millions, of, or not millions, <laughs> thousands of dollars mm. of credit card into like consolidated. So those are some of my challenges that I'm actually right now working towards is to clearing debts, attracting love that matches my my frequency. Another thing is actually getting temptations to watch porn. You know, like I don't watch porn and I choose to not do that, but it's always the temptation is there right now. I have a challenge of not watching for the rest of the month. Puya, I want to thank you for your uh, intenseness and helping other people transform their lives, having breakthroughs, sharing your breakthroughs yourself. If people want to check out more about you and the great work that you're doing, where can they get in touch with you and contact you? Yes. If you'd like to contact me, you may visit uh, P-O-U-Y-A dot U-S. That's Puya dot U-S. And feel free to add me to Facebook, add, uh, send messages. Um, I also have a YouTube channel that I'm growing. Um, and I'll include the link below. Thanks, man. Have a great day. Hey, it's Phil from Habit Bootcamps, and I help people boost their productivity and do more in less time, and I help entrepreneurs and coaches get more clients and increase their sales. If this might be something for you and you want to get on a free consultation call with me, you should go to habitbootcamps.com get productive 
or habitbootcamps.com slash getclients. On the call itself, we'll figure out what your challenges are, what the next best steps are to take, and if we might be able to work together. So if you're interested in this, don't hesitate and book the free consultation session. And if you like my podcast, don't forget to subscribe and check out my Habit Bootcamps YouTube channel and Facebook group for some more awesome content.